Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you think you guys are ever going to, like, bury the hatchet? Honestly, no. It's too much to happen. I can't take people who sit back and act like they have never did anything shady. The, the fakery and the acting. Her and Giselle trying to do little shicey stuff behind my back. Since they want to spread rumors, we can talk about all the rumors. We done heard about every last person on this cast if that's what they want to do. I don't think we want to do that. Oh, you don't want to see what's all up in that binder, honey. I'm not playing games. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I have two very special guests to help break down that Real Housewives of Potomac reunion. Dave Mazzoni, Matt Rogers. Uh, how are you guys doing today, first of all? Oh, my God. Good. Wow. I'm great. It's like it's Christmas time 2020. I feel alive. Right. Huge to be here, too. I mean, uh, I, I'm a listener. and um... Well, Matt, I mean, I, I, we follow each other on social media, and I feel like we have the same taste. You were posting something about... Um, I mean, I always seem like Mariah Carey, and uh, I, of course, saw your Where Are You Christmas performance, which is us. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yes, I believe I believe we have much in common um, in in our tastes, and I can say that Dave is very much the same. Well, oh I, yeah, this is our first date. I'm very excited to get to know I, you. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm excited, and not only that, I'm very excited because. You know, I was going into the Real House of Stomach reunion thinking it was going to be good, but maybe not expecting it to be that good, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, no, we're off to the races. Was I mean, good? the category category is yellow. I was like, <laughs> okay. But it didn't, it didn't look as bad on camera. You were saying this last week, or when you last discussed, uh, when you saw the trailer, Danny. Yeah. Um, but it's true, that promo photo they released, the girls were looking wretched. It will look and bad. They were looking bad. But then on camera, I was like, all right, this sort of works. I don't know that we needed it to be a full on Amarillo yellow ass moment, a canary moment. But they're all giving canary. The category was not even just yellow. It was canary. One hundred percent. And I like a th- I like a theme, but I don't like when it's just a one color theme. Like I like when it's like, mm-hmm. let's pick two colors. So then they have a little bit more to like choose off of. Um, I thought they all looked great on the set way better than they did. Not all of them. Like there were a couple, I, you know, we could talk about Giselle's. Let's just jump into Giselle's fashion. I mean, we can always talk about Giselle. Like, Drag her ass. But the thing is, too, like, like it, it. What do you think it is? Is it genuinely her style? It, like, yes, right. I, I mean, think it's that pretty person syndrome that she said, where it's like yeah. you are so pretty your whole life. Where Stunning. when you're young, you're like, "Oops, I kind of look ugly," but look how gorgeous my face is. And then as you sort of age and you get to where Giselle's at, it just doesn't hold up anymore. I mean, I was shocked that we spent so much of the reunion talking about Gilles, Giselle's fashions and styles and even her home decor. I was like, this has never happened in the history of Housewives where we're just going in on a housewife so much about the way she looks. And it was hysterical and insane that everyone was just like, yeah, well, 
I think Karen had said, well, you know, this is who you are. It's your trademark. And she said, then I'll watch what happens live. And it never fails to just like crack me up that she's talking about in that term. It's so <laughs> funny. And also th- they were like, they were showing like snapshots of her fashion as they were talking about it. I think her fits are wrong. Like they were, they were showing what she was in one like maroon jacket monstrosity. And I was like, that doesn't fit her. Like, I, I feel like what she does, like what, the one thing I'll agree with Candace on in this reunion, because we are not Team Candace. Just, okay. just oh, you know, that might, have, okay, that might okay. upset the listeners, but we are not Team Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we have a little bit in common with you there on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like she was dead on when she was like, you just need a stylist. You need a stylist to put you together and you're, take your input out of it. Let the stylist do the, just for one day. Right. <laughs> I love that she right. said, just for one day. Cut the like, pastels, cut the, cut the sequins. Like the it's always like, yeah, the pastels, yeah. it's so bad. And the accessories too. Sometimes the accessories, I'm like, even in the finale episode when she had sort of that like tube necklace that was very strange, uh, you know. Loves but, costume jewelry. She's obsessed. <laughs> that, it was so interesting that you mentioned Candace though, because I didn't expect, I expected Karen to go in on Giselle for the fashions, but I didn't expect Candace and Wendy and people who are very cl- seemingly close to Giselle be like, yeah, you need a stylist for one day. It's objective. <laughs> and I hope now it registers. Like even your close sisters are telling you, like for years, I struggled with my fashion and Dave is my close sister and sometimes I'll, I have many pieces in my closet that are Dave's hand-me-downs and I'm thankful this is for true. This and is true. you know th- Dave is younger than me but he is my big sister when it comes to fashion and sometimes you do need a close sister that says you know girl this is not the look for you and only then will it really register so maybe now that she's got some confidants turning to her and be like get a stylist spend it's, the coin maybe yeah. she'll wade into these Welcome waters. I mean, look at Miss Huger. Yeah. Spend the coin. Yes. Spend the coin. And Giselle's uh, making yeah. the Bravo and chat also- room money now, too. She's got a second show on the network. Exactly. Let's get her. She's got expendable income. Honestly, what is that show? <laughs> the audition was like, who can read the teleprompter and actually truly, <laughs> truly read it? And you know who didn't book that job is Wendy, unfortunately. No. <laughs> you no, guys, I uh, like Wendy. Do you guys like Wendy? Love Wendy. I do. No, too. I, Dave, you don't they, like her. Are you anti Wendy? I'm not anti-Wendy. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. This reunion, I thought, what her being the first Nigerian housewife is amazing. And I thought what she was talking about when they were using the word aggressive, I thought she handled that pretty well. Um, like, I thought it was like explained and seemed to like, everyone was understood in a way that it's hard to get people to agree on on a reunion. I feel like everyone just comes ready to fight. They keep them mm-hmm. separate and just they're ready. That's why I think they ganged up on Giselle. It's like, everyone's just, if, if it can be off of them, they just go at each other. You know, I really liked how Karen and Wendy seem to come to a, a standstill, or not a standstill, they seem to come to an agreement of like, let's move forward, like let's start day one. And I'm sure on part two and three, they'll go at each other a little bit more. But I did like that. I want those two to be friends. I don't know. And I know, you know, yeah. I, I've had Wendy on the show and I, I really like her, but I know that like by and large, the audience, they tell me that they don't really like her that much. I love Wendy. I, like I feel her, like though. she played this season exactly right. And she did what first season housewife needs to do, which is she made the right friends, frenemies and enemies. Right. She had Candace was her friend. And this just so happened to be a season where Candace for better or worse was given a heroic narrative in terms of the Karen of it all. You, as a first season housewife, you want to start in on like a non-serious conflicty moment with one of the stars of the show. I'm not worried about Karen and Wendy long term. I thought Mm -hmm. their rapport in this reunion was fun. We'll see how it goes. But that relationship, I'm interested in watching. And in terms of 
the big conflict of the season, Wendy was firmly on the side that she was on. And she had also fun moments of comedy, like when T'Challa attacked her, like mm-hmm. when the spiders were in the bed. Um, address me correctly. The, the I didn't group- love the spiders in the bed the whole bit. Not because of Wendy, I just mean, in general. I was like, okay, enough of this. Are you having arachnophobia? Is that a no, it just No, it was just boring. It was like that whole, there was half an episode there when they were on that vacation where it was like, let's put fake spiders in Wendy's bed. I'm like, we need you guys to do something else. Like, I need I mean, something else to happen. We can say the season definitely took a little, not a dive, but a dip yeah. after oh, yeah. the Monique and Candace blowout. Once they weren't all in the same room anymore talking about the big conflict of the season and we still had six episodes to go, I was like, all right, we're going to be having spiders in the bed. It was the Darby's for the rest of it, which was entertaining, Ugh. but I mean, not not as fulfilling as that fight. I mean, I, no. I, I, I can never look at a cheese plate the same. No. Right, right. I mean, I think, um, do you think uh, Michael Darby will keep doing the same things on screen. I mean, it's been five seasons yes. now where he just keeps doing this and again and again and again. And A, it's really shocking to me that no one at Bravo has really like taken a stand. I think they they value the show more than like uh whether or not they should get rid of Michael. And you know, he pops in every season and does something incredibly inappropriate, starts some drama and everything. And you know, it's like a cycle over and over again. I'm wondering how long we can keep going with that. Well, he's Maybe first of forever. all, we should say he he he's he commits sexual harassment on the set of the show repeatedly. Right. repeatedly. And that's something that needs to just be said as a headline, which is I actually can't believe because going into the finale last year, we were like, oh, this will be the end of Michael. And I mm-hmm. can't believe that a year later we're still dealing with this. And moreover, that Ashley is still dealing with this. She needs to leave him oh, last week. There. And she is now I'm sorry, but the worst. Like, I've never really been an Ashley fan, but she is the worst for what she puts up with, for what she, by putting up with, puts everyone in the vicinity of. It is toxic. It is it is dangerous. It is dark-sided. And it's dark-sided. It is dark-sided. I don't know that I fault Ashley as much as that. I don't know. I mean, maybe I have blinders on, but it's like, I, I don't know. I, part of me feels bad for Ashley, but I do want her to get out of this relationship. But I mean, but I think there's he, a baby. There's a baby in the mix. There's now. a baby. I and I think he's very manipulative, I think. And also she wants the baby. She's got, she's pregnant. What is she going to do at this point? It's like, I hope that when she has the baby, she gets out and runs. She has uh, to help herself. She has to help herself at this point. And she has a husband who cheats on her in a serial manner, and we'll get to Giselle on this, but it's, you'll, start, you'll start to see the more unhappy Ashley gets, the more she is ridiculous in the way that she deals with the other women. For example, filling out this statement for Monique, re Candace. That's a ridiculous thing to do, and it's a hurt people, hurt people moment. Like, she can't stand that she's sensing that Candace is going to be on the up and up with the narrative this season. She had to get her little jab in there, even though Ashley and Candace were doing better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like Ashley will never let go of her baggage with other people until she resolves what's going on in her own home. And she's in a tragic marriage and she's pregnant again. And I feel like this better be that prenup thing. Like, Maybe like she does, she has an agreement with Michael, like, I want children. You're the man who's going to give them to me. You give and me the I second baby and then we'll be done. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's the narrative, but publicly they're putting out a different thing. I don't but know. What an, what an agreement. Like, how do you even come to those terms? What are those so terms? Weird. Like, it's so it, strange. It's crazy. 
And she seems sort of like dropped in in a way that's like a little bit darker. Like it just seems like a younger when we, when they were cutting back to like older versions, like first couple of seasons, it was like that girl is gone. Um, Mm. Granted, she was very young there. She's probably what twenty seven there, twenty eight there. I believe so. That girl is dropped in, and it's like I don't know if it's him or it's just being on reality television for this long and and having a successful arc and now becoming like you know a, a Twitter topic for eternity. I don't know, but she just seems like darker. Just well, like, and I, I'd imagine that if Ashley never joined the show so young, this whole process of like finding out who Michael is and and seeing these these really dark sides of Michael, I don't know that it would have happened so quickly in their relationship. I, I feel like TV has sped that up, and hopefully it'll speed up like the whole process of their relationship, and she'll be like, okay, we're done. Um, yeah, but it is sad. I don't know, and it is weird to me. It's like even in the preview for next week, we see Andy saying like. Oh, we found footage of him grabbing the guy again, again, yeah. and it's like, what are we doing here? And I know it's Angel and Devil, right? Because it's like, okay, it makes good TV, but at a certain point, when are we going to say, okay, that's enough, Michael Darby? He's harassing crew members, and you know, yeah, he's creating an unstable work environment for an entire network. <laughs> that's the thing, too, and like you see in the last episode, like he doesn't have boundaries. He bounded into the production office, mm-hmm. like. Uh, it's at this point where it's like he will say and do anything because I do think it's what it's what a mixture of what you guys are saying. It's like they've been on reality TV this long that they're sort of settling into these roles of reality TV caricatures and his reality TV caricature right now is villain. And he Mm -hmm. is like the villain of the show and an antagonist in her life and in the show. And it's playing out in this odd way where it's almost like the show refuses to deal with it because they need that character. But we got to deal with this because there's like real life repercussions here, not just for her, but for everyone involved. I think, you know, I want Ashley to really focus on the music career next season, like after she has the baby. <laughs> and I, cause I really love that moment when there was like that, that competing oh my God. moment between Candace and Ashley. No, like, battle of the anti-bops. I, it's so, <laughs> can we talk about that? How dare you she was like, I did perform it live once. I have done the live vocal. Without okay. issue. Without, without issue. issue. Without glitches. <laughs> Babe, when when she was talking, when they were talking about their songs dueling, I was like, this Wait, is... remember, remember, remember that Pride performance? <laughs> oh, who could forget? Yeah, like yeah, a couple, yeah. What the fuck was that? It's like, what, what the fuck was that? I oh, watch wait. the music video every now and then. YouTube thinks I like it because I watch it ironically I like all the it. time. So, like, in, in the mix every now and then, YouTube will just, like, toss it on after Dua Lipa, and it's always a laugh. <laughs> I mean, Spotify does that with, like, Luann's songs. I'll just hear, like, the Moroccan remix of uh, yeah. <laughs> Money Can't Buy You Class or whatever. It's genius to have remixes. She's basically Mariah Carrying, which is putting a remix on every single song you ever do. Luann was so supposed to come get out the with the streams like, up. I know. I oh. thought she was supposed to come out with a holiday song this year. She, like, I think posted <sighs> Luann with a jingle bell or something. Maybe I was mad dreaming that. But, have you oh guys seen Have you guys seen Lou's Cabaret? Yeah, twice, um, two or three times. Yes, I saw. I've seen I went it too. And, it was the I night went, of my life. Gramercy Theater. Everyone was wasted. It was basically a bachelorette oh. party. Oh <laughs> yeah, right, right. I I don't know if I've ever been that drunk when I when I saw it. And it's like I don't remember any of it. The only thing I remember is that like the um the microphone went out and so she was like on a bongo drum but no one could hear anything and then there was like oh a, my God. there was a tv behind her that was like playing it was supposed to play clips or something and it was and then it just cut out and like was no it one gramercy it. it was, was a, it yeah a, were you at the great yeah i was at this performance because i remember crazy? them having yes and the drummer was like her sobriety <laughs> her sobriety like uh advisor she's like this is someone who's helping me through my, uh, my sobriety and then like 
out comes this man with like long hair and a tribal drum. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no. And it, truly when you think about it, it's like she was publicly going through, uh, you know, trying to get sober or, you know, seemingly trying to get sober. And here was her putting on a show for an audience full of the most drunk people I've ever it's seen. Crazy. And no yes. one even, no one in the audience even seemed to have any sort of uh, hesitation with getting another vodka soda. It was like, no, because what are you going to do? Go sober? I, I, submit, I submit this as a possibility and you shut it right down. I mean, it was, I was, I'm like you. It was one of the drunkest nights of my life and I got to ask her a question. Oh, you, Ariel did too. What did you ask? Oh my God. So I sort of know Ben Rimmelauer who like directs it. So I get up on the mic, I'm wasted. And I'm telling you, no one is listening to the questions being asked. And Ben goes to Lou. Oh, Lou, it's Matt Rogers from Los Culturistas podcast. And Lou, who doesn't know who the fuck I am, goes, <laughs> of course. Oh, of Matt, course. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's so good to see you, darling. What's your question? And I sort of sputtered out something about Carol. And she was like, I don't like Carol. And everyone was like, wow. No, yeah. I just kind of went about my life and probably um, passed out. Uh, minutes later, but it was so crazy. It's wild. Her in an environment where everyone was without faculty. Right. Yeah. And that's all people wanted to hear at that show. They just want to hear her say like Bethany so they can like clap or boo, you know, like they just exactly. want to hear something familiar um, while she's on the fucking bongo drum. But she does have stage presence. Yeah, uh, yeah she, she does. <laughs> she is present on a stage. She is <laughs> present on a stage. You're I was right. like, I was watching her. Maybe this was how drunk I was, but I was like, she's a star. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't say that, but you can definitely see that she's like living out a childhood dream. Like yes. this is like Luann with like, with a, with like a bathroom towel around her when she was a seven year old girl. So I'm it's like, happy for her at this age to watch her get this at the Gramercy theater with five target Christmas trees behind her and a projector, like give it up. This is medium budget and she deserved it. And also, I don't think I could imagine anyone else in terms of the housewife world doing that show. Like, even though at, we we're talking about Ashley and Candace having these songs, like I couldn't see them putting on a full show like that. No. Luann, inve- Luann invented the form. <laughs> Although, did you guys see that Candace is in a Christmas movie called like the lot Christmas lottery with the dad from family matters. And it aired on BET. I did not watch it. I I miss that one. It exists. I mean, though. she's con- yeah. I think she's very pretty, and like, if she was a good actress, would work. Um, but I mean, I guess she is a good actress and is working. Just, I saw the trailer, and she did. She seemed good, and I mean, like for that, she seemed okay. Yeah, I, was I believe like, that she is talented. I I yeah. believe that she can hold her own on on screen. I mean, we see that she can, and she obviously has you know some degree of artistic talent because she, unlike Ashley, is an actual singer. I don't think she is, you know, I don't think she stands uh, out from the crowd as like someone who's going to become a superstar, but she can sing. And this, unfortunately, the song is a Titanic. What is this? Like what said, is the part they keep, the clip, the clip they keep showing Describe where she's like, how much where, to, you. where to start? It's like, what is that? It sounded start? just like her, Dave. <laughs> where to start? <laughs> I, I, who who even knows how the song goes outside of that? But it's like, just I know she's just like, like yeah, we are all. It's the remix like too. Like, it's, yeah, it's I, the remix, and it's like slower. I know. It's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> that that's gonna play at like two o'clock at a hookah brunch in Miami, maybe. <laughs> and it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, so, no, no one I'm, will even know. I'm a little afraid to ask you guys this because I will say I just wanna say, please, the listeners, don't yell at me because whenever we talk like Candace Monique stuff, I end up getting like a lot of messages from either side and people are very invested in this and both sides. And I'm I feel like I'm always being yelled at depending on the week of what I say. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. listeners, please be kind. Um, to me and my guests. Um, but tell me, you guys are not, what well, did you say? You're not team Candace, right? This, this is, let me, I'm going to say what I feel. And I don't speak for both of us. Dave, you probably have a different opinion. Do not than speak me. for me. I will not Do speak not, for you. Not no, on this, this issue. Cause Dave and I can get Candace and Monique very quickly. <laughs> um, and that's the truth. Glad we're not um, closest uh, sisters and then kill them. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So basically I feel like, Candace is what I would describe as a social and social media terrorist. And I think that she has been, she is the, when Andy turned to her and said, you are a disaster on Twitter. I was like, that's huge to that. Finally, she's, right. that this is being spoken as an objective fact, because anytime she pops off about Monique's behavior on Twitter, I was like, no, no, you have no right to say anything about the way people behave on Twitter. When she said, where is your income roach as Ashley lay giving birth? It, we were beyond the pale. So for me, I look at their friendship, which was once a beautiful thing. You remember the season three reunion, they sat next to each other mm-hmm. and were like sisters. These were close girlfriends to the, where we are now. The reason we're, we are where we are now is because I believe Monique thought that was a real friendship and Candace started to get very housewives on her and start to talk shit about her behind her back and say, you know, Monique said this Amistad comment about Katie. Monique did this. Monique did that. And I also believe that there is some fuckery behind the scenes that Giselle is responsible for with trying to fuck up Monique's family and her standing on the show. And Candace it seems like that's in- something that everyone's acknowledging now, too, at this point, because for your, we're in season oh, five yeah. now. It seems like everyone has sort of alluded to the fact that Giselle's a little bit of a puppet master. But now almost the vibe I get, I don't even know if they've outright said it, but like the vibe is like, yeah, that's what Giselle does. I, I mean, I yes. think at the beginning of this reunion, Giselle was like, yeah, I'm always been messy and stirring the pot or something like that. But I don't know. It seems like more accepted or acknowledged that it's more so than just like being a little bit messy. It's like something's well, going on. Yes. And yeah. that's it's because what I said earlier, I feel like Giselle is a disaster in her home life. And I think that she's making decisions that are bad for her kids, bad for her. And, you know, just are crazy. And I think her unhappiness with herself is causing her to not just like carry bones or start conflict, but like create issues in other people's lives. And I believe that Monique has issues. I think that she has anger problems. I think that if you listen to her talk, she obviously has a lot to work through with the way that she was bullied by, you know, kids that she went to school Mm. with, how she's really trying to find a friend. And when a friend turns on her and other girls who are supposed to be her friends are fucking up her life, she is going to a certain place. And Candace, you know, has a lot of exceptionalism narrative with her and Monique. She's referred to Monique as hood. Last year, she was like, I was raised in a country club atmosphere. She does these things that are like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I think it all add up to the point where Monique felt like she was being attacked. Maybe she wasn't being physically attacked in the way that she did to Candace. And was she right to do that? Absolutely not. We saw it. That was unacceptable. But she needs help. She doesn't need to be sued for everything she's worth, be sent to prison, 
you know, when she has children, I think it's crazy the way Candace is taking this all to the brink. And I think that I really hope it gets resolved because I do like Monique a lot. And I think she has, she's crying out for help. That's what I think. Right. I agree. I, I don't necessarily ha- uh, disagree with anything that you said. I, I just think that this is, this is reality TV. And I just wonder how objective they are with, with the drama that it's creating. And they know that this brings in ratings. This brings in um, a, a huge arc for both of them. And, and just sometimes the way that Candace behaves, I, I'm like, no sane person would put their foot in their mouth like this. No sane person would accuse somebody of being uh, of saying erroneous things of being a threat to their safety and then behave the way she behaves unless it was this sort of like constructed narrative that they're all building an amazing season and like executive producing their own narrative here like lily serena's of the world like i I don't i don't know It, it doesn't make sense and i agree i'm team monique in that i feel like monique was provoked um heavily um, I don't think violence is ever necessarily the answer, but I'm Italian. I mean, I called my mom a douche when I was 11 and my dad threw a pot of boiling water at me. So like it, it's, I, I, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I'm not saying that physical violence is everything. Sometimes I understand the frustration. Right. Right. Um, and I could acknowledge that this, it, you have to acknowledge too, that like, this is a part of some people's reality. Some people, mm-hmm. like, they do believe that if you've, and, and Monique said it, like, I felt attacked and I felt I had to defend myself. And you can't just say it because of where, what you think about the world that, that that's like not something she should think. That is her reality. That mm. this, and, and if that needs to be, you know, addressed and corrected, then that's the case. But we not, we're not going to throw this woman in jail. Like, no, I mean, come on. We don't need that. We're wasting jail space here. This woman, is, she has right. children. Like, leave her alone. Leave I'm so curious what happens next season because it seems like Candace has gone around and saying, I, I will not film with her again. But I think for from what it seems and what I've heard, Andy Cohen was on this show and he said that the cast will remain the same next season. So it's like, I don't think they could go into next season playing that same game of like, we're not going to film with Monique. Like, I think they have to, something has to have changed with all of the women where they're like, okay, Monique's back. We have to film with her. I, I, cause I hope, I hope next season we're not in another one of those situations where it's like Giselle won't film with her. Wendy won't film with her, you know, why does Robin see? Cause Robin does whatever Giselle does. Robin's Um, kind of like, she has so much to say about it. She's so like, uh, I I just guess I don't. I was so focused on Robin's. What was the crimp? Was it crimp? Girl, I don't know what was happening there. Also it was, it was parted on the wrong side. It was parted on her camera angle. I, I was just talking so about confused. that. <laughs> I was, well, Bowen that. said the funniest thing the other day on Lost Culture. He was like, Robin is talking about when her business, how her, okay, so basically the tea is that Joel, my, our friend Joel Kim Booster got our other friend Mitra Johari one of Robin's hats as a Christmas gift and they emailed back and said, we cannot complete the order because we, we're not, our, we're shut down during COVID. And Bowen goes, Robin is $100,000 in debt. She cannot figure out how to put a hat in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she should have wore the hat over that crimped hair because I don't know what was happening. Bro, that, that was hair. bad. That oh, was awful. And what ended. bothered me was the part of it all. It was literally on her <laughs> angle. It was like, you can't see her face for the whole reunion now because unless she's turning to talk back to Ashley and Monique, but I felt like Robin yeah, just right. sort of checked out because she knows that she'll be back next season for sure. Cause she's got the wedding oh, stuff yeah. going on. So I feel like she's like, I don't have to do anything here. Like, let's just, let me just sit and relax. Yeah. But I mean, with with the Monique and Candace of it all, all I really want, what I desperately want, is for there to be a genuine heart to heart and a real conversation 
about what is actually happening. And I almost feel like maybe we're missing out on an opportunity here to have Andy just sit with Monique and Candace yeah. and air it out because we always sort of get some, sometimes we'll have a glimmer of hope to get somewhere. And then like Giselle will start in. And or Wendy with will Mo- think she's Monique and Candace have something deep down buried underneath all of that where yes. I, I don't know if it's like a res- a little bit of a respect or admiration, or they have some sort of connection. It doesn't feel like they're two separate people who would never be friends in real life. It seems like when they have been friends, they've, or friendly, they've had like a little bit of a connection. So I, I agree. I think we should have Andy sit him down. I love an Andy sit down too, in general. I love when she's, remember he sat with Kim Richards one reunion. It was great. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think that this situation would have warranted a, a close read. And I think that Andy is getting better and better at moderating the reunions. Like, I love that now he's sort of just giving less of a fuck about saying the thing to upset a certain cast member. Like, he will just come out and say it. Like, it seems like with this Monique book of receipts, he's like, oh, no, I would like I want to I want to read every page of that. It's crazy. That, that, that book was insane it. with the tabs. I mean, she had. A tab oh, my God. Honestly, I was that laminated all of them she, i know and she published a book about potty training i'm like just publish that binder like that's what we want to see like oh I'll buy that it on would amazon sell, like honestly it would sell like hot cakes yeah we don't oh need the potty God. training book oh also Whoa. i was trying to think of the mechanics she brought the bird and i was thinking of the mechanics of how they got the bird to new york because i think did the bird fly separate like what did they put the bird on a plane because they went to new york i think for this reunion i don't think it was in well, they're the in some sort of sound state. They're in like, a sound state. I'm like pretty. Portugal. Um, but they're yeah, not in I, Portugal. I I'm pretty sure. They're not. Yeah, no. Um, I I don't know what the rules are for flying with a bird like that. I don't know what the rules are for owning a bird like. That. And imagine like it's co- like everyone's stressed about traveling in general right now. It's COVID, and it's <laughs> like, like imagine someone comes bird? on with the bird, and you're like, really, <laughs> a bird right now? Like we're we're all worried about germs, and you just brought the unmasked bird. Like, and not that you could put a mask on T'Challa, but it's like I, I think at some point we shouldn't bring the bird on a plane just for the TV show. You know, like this is too much. T'Challa, they could have taken a video of T'Challa in Potomac and Monique's home and like brought it to Andy. I don't think we need like the bird there at the reunion. (laughs) The thing with the bird is though I love the bird. The T'Challa of it all. (laughs) I feel like, and this is what I this is what I genuinely think. I think the T'Challa of it all is fun, but I think the show is giving Monique such a heavy-handed villain edit. Literally, the season ended with her cackling. Like having got away, having got away with the, the assault or whatever, and I think the T'Challa of it all was a way blown up, manufactured way to give something positive to Monique. Like oh. I think they were like, "Well, we need to keep her likable. We need a light. We, gonna we need her. a light. Yeah, they. We need to keep it light. Next so season, therefore- though, if she's still the villain, we'll just see her like in her confessional, like petting T'Challa, like uh, the Inspector Gadget villain with his cat. You like, took right. it out of my mouth, Danny. I was like, the name T'Challa just sounds like the bald eagle that lives on the shoulder of like an evil queen. You know, like it's very like naked cat. Come type. T'Challa. Yeah. Like, yes. Come. <laughs> come Nagini. It's like I just Nick and Harry Potter <laughs> who eats people. Make sure the producers, producers just calling up Monique being like, look, if you're coming to the reunion, we need you to bring the bird. Like, you have to bring the bird here. Get the bird here somehow. She's you know, like, we don't you're care telling me it's going to be $15,000. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just get the receipt. She's got to go to, like, the vet to get, like, paperwork so it's an emotional support bird so she can get it on the fucking plane. I, I, I give it up to her for, for her bird maintenance. I, I, Honestly, I would argue that that woman could get a bird on a plane without paperwork. Just, stop, just yeah. through sheer will, she would she, get that Well, she'd plane. have to blink her eyes. That woman, she's clearly the most, well, 
the, and see, this is the thing where they said the pretty girl syndrome with Giselle. She's like so stunning. All she has to do is like get a little bit. But I'm like, the most beautiful one here is Monique. Monique is stunning. Oh, stunning. she is, she is uh, yeah. beautiful. Uh, you guys, any other final thoughts? I have some other questions I want to ask you guys. Any other final thoughts about this reunion? I mean, it was fantastic. We haven't even said the word Karen and it hurts me. I know. I like, you know, oh. I didn't like that moment when they were talking about uh, Giselle said, oh, your Geritol kicked in. And I like that Karen was like, okay, ageist. You know, like she's, or well, she, she didn't say she ageist. Said, she, she said, said ageist. ageist. And then Wendy goes, ageism. And she goes, what did you say, Wendy? And then she goes, ageism. She goes thank you, darling. And then I also thought, Karen to me is the queen of Potomac. I love her. her there, there's oh, no, yeah. there's, there, and Giselle can listen to me when I say Karen is the queen of Potomac. Okay, hun. Um, but my thing with Karen is like, she's always the funniest. Like mm-hmm. when they were talking about Karen's home decor and Karen was like, I mean, no, they were talking about Giselle's home decor and Giselle was like, you don't live in my house. And Karen goes, oh, praise Jesus. No. <laughs> oh, praise uh, the Lord, no. <laughs> and Karen's Karen's humor doesn't feel like scripted. I know Giselle tried no. to say something like who wrote that line for you, but I never feel like it's too scripted. It just feels no, no, like, no, no, yeah, no, that's no. Karen's funny. She's it's funny. right off the skin. Oh, and Karen work. Karen works in a way that no other housewife would work in their franchises, being a, a different age bracket than the other women. Like for some reason, Karen could be. We could have a, a cast of twenty-year-old women, and I still feel like Karen would be fine. Like somehow yeah. she works great. She's ageless. She yeah. to me is, and also she shows the vulnerability, and sh- and she continued to do that this year. I mean. The stuff with Ray, like that was a full arc. Like I'm sure we'll see it explored a little bit more in the reunion, but she's always able to hold her ground. I'm never worried about her in the conflict. It seems like it's going to become tough. Uh, it's going to become like a tough Karen versus Giselle moment because we're really starting to get into turf war territory now in season five. Like there can only be one Highlander. And I feel like it's going to be a rough reunion for Giselle at the end of the day. And Karen's going to feel pretty yeah. good about all of it. Oh, I think Giselle's going to struggle the next two weeks. And I mean, at the end of the reunion, we, of course, had that Jamal reveal, which was that he it maybe had like another baby with another woman while with Giselle. And then Monique had the she had the text messages and she called out the phone number. And it was clear to me that Giselle understood this to be a fact. Like normally, Mm -hmm. I think Giselle would have said, no, that's not true. It's bullshit. And she's she did say those words. But if you looked at her, you could tell she was saying oh yeah oh fuck well the phone number turned things like it was like she said i don't believe a word that she says but then that phone number got read out loud and it was like yeah that's his number i mean basically monique was saying oh you wanted to make me the villain got that don't worry sweetie i will bring everything i need to be the villain that you wanted she said your pastor boyfriend slinging his big d all around the congregation and you know it <laughs> slinging slinging his big, big d all around the congregation that's <laughs> show on tv they ended with a close up of the binder i mean come on uh, i mean the the see the thing is T'Challa is shook because the, the, binder, the binder is starting to come over. in as the new character you know so oh, T'Challa, i want to see T'Challa versus the binder sort of turf war you know what i mean <laughs> The you know is think history. Who needs a heart? Final, <laughs> final thought about Karen. You know why I think I love her? I think she gives me like Sheree vibes. Like if Sheree really bought herself and like went all the way with she by yeah. Sheree back in the day, like mm-hmm. it's bad. It's not for anybody, but like Sheree let them get to her. And like Ladam mm-hmm. is like the more that they come for her, the more Ladam is like even more iconic. And yeah. I think Karen understands that in a way. And so oh, praise I'm, the Lord, no. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Father no. God in heaven. Father God. <laughs> Father God, no. Also, her, I like a couple weeks ago, the episode where she left her own event to go, she's like, I have a reservation. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then if none of it added up, it, then the next episode, no. I think she said something like she went no. to KFC and it was like, no, she, she goes go. where she wants to go. And that's what exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> someone who like plays ball 90% and then 10% is their own wild creature. <laughs> like, I love it. Love it. Uh, they also showed more of that like slithering scene where Karen was like in oh. Wendy and like that to me, that's like better comedy than anything else on TV. Like I, I don't even in the scripted world, like nothing on NBC is giving us like Karen no. imitating Wendy slither. Like it's just Mrs. Mrs. Maisel is shook. Right. There's <laughs> no way. Yes, Mrs. Maisel being exactly what I would compare this to. Mrs. That- Maisel is shook. <laughs> Who needs a heart? A heart. Sorry. Oh, when to start. To start- Come on, I'm gonna be singing that all day. And it's like how much I love you. I want the vinyl. Um, (laughs) you guys, I um so that's Potomac. Next week we have Michael. They talk about the grabbing the ass situation. I'm very excited. Um, Yes, the sexual assault. Perfect. Very excited for rampant on the show. Perfect, um, perfect episode. And I remember when they filmed the reunion, Andy had said, oh, we can make this four parts. And I'm glad they restrained themselves and are just doing three parts because I feel like it's going to be a really good three part. Mm-mm. Great. I want it all four. Wanted I, four. Want, I wanted four. I want, the, I, I'm a maximalist. Mm. I'm a more is more constantly needs to be told to tone it down. I want more. And also, I, I'm so disappointed we're not going to have them for a while because, you know, I know, what happened was the coronavirus pandemic. And so they have right. not been able to shoot because of the coronavirus pandemic. Right, right. Oh, so it's going to be a is while. That what happens? <laughs> what is well, this you guys haven't heard? Pandemic over. Maybe um, we could oh, no. be in person. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
All you got to do is fill out this quick brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. You guys, I I didn't tell you I was going to ask about this, but I just I have to talk about it with someone. Um, the movie Prom on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have you guys. Yeah. You guys have seen it, right? Oh no, I, I haven't watched it. Oh let, well, then let, hold on. Let me be David. A, can you? Tell I am Doctor Matt on the Prom. Address me correctly, <laughs> Doctor Matt. Please tell us your thoughts. Here's on my the question prom. to the doctor, Matt. Why should I watch this movie? You should watch it because of Meryl Louise Streep. You have to, Danny. Tell me that um, the It's Not About Me musical number was not one of the t- best musical numbers. I mean, it's fantastic. Modern musical. There was so much that I like loved about it, including that performance. There's like so much to, that I really was like watching and like loving. And then there's a lot that it, like enraged me and that I hated. And what was, and let me ask you a question. What was number one on your list of things you hated? James Corden. And now we said it. Yeah. And yeah. now we said it. That was so frustrating. Face. It, babe. The second he opened his mouth, I was like, uh, are you serious? It's shocking to me that that somehow got like through casting, then through editing, then through rehearsal, what all the processes that it got through that no one said like, hey, James, you should probably not do that. That gay accent. I just accent. want to know, <laughs> what is the personal problem that Ryan Murphy and Nathan Lane have that they couldn't right. figure this out? What is the issue between Titus Burgess and Ryan Murphy so that many they other figure people. out? Literally, and and not only that, Dave, it is so distracting and embarrassing, not only because he's doing this like S, gay S sound, literally Uh. he's doing this voice that I'm doing the tragic late 90s straight man pretending to be gay voice. It's literally that bad. But also just like when you put him next to Meryl Streep, he's just so pedestrian. So it's A, not good enough, and be an offensive caricature of a gay person that it's in. And weren't they supposed to be the same? Weren't they supposed to be like the same age, the characters too? Like Nathan Lane would have made so much more sense as like, I I don't know. It's crazy that it didn't work out though. I I read, I read something that said like it, it was more of a feeling of his, the gay face or the gay accent or whatever. Cause it's like some straight men can play gay. There's like levels to the whole thing. But when a gay person watching can feel when it feels gross. You know, well, like that's how I felt. I was watching James and I'm like, I feel gross with this whole thing. Look, I, I am okay. I'm actually okay with straight men playing gay roles. If it's done well, for example, I've seen, we've seen incredible performances that, that have been like this. I don't love it, but we, Timothy Chalamet, Army Hammer, beautiful. And call me by your name. Even with comedy, Eric Stone street, fabulous. Honestly, Moonlight. Emily. Yeah. And, and it's just like, these performances are, you can feel like these, if, if there's any sort of like gay mannerism or tick that someone has, it feels like it's a part of the person's personality that's being portrayed. This was James Corden having fun playing gay, and it was only fun for him because right. these sort of things that he was doing were totally unspecific. There's no character here. It is James Corden performing. And then don't even get me started on when Tracy Ullman comes in, also for some reason doing an American accent in a wig and a costume, 
which you immediately think is hilarious sketch comedy when she comes in. And he has a performance where he turns to her and tearfully spits out, you have no idea what it's like to be gay. I'm like, this is a tragedy. And it was weird too. Like Andrew Rannells was right there. It's like, and Andrew Rannells basically like disappears for most of the movie. Like he has one. Nicole is in 12% of the film. Right, right. But it's like, why didn't Andrew should have played the James Corden role or something? Like there's so many people that. Bigger and older. Like I think he's supposed to be like a, a heavy character. I think that's why they cast James Corden. But it's like, mama, there were other people you could have put in here that wouldn't have made this not just bad, but distracting. It took me out. And they didn't even need to have a huge star. They could have had someone that, you know, most mainstream people aren't aware of because they already have Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman. They already have a big cast. They don't need that role literally, to be a name. I don't know. Literally. Or, or you know what? Just literally just pull up the person that did it from Broadway. Because right, it's right. exactly what you said. Like, and also, Louis Vertel brought this up the other day. Really, you don't need both the characters. It can just be about Meryl. It, it, mm-hmm. Meryl can just decide... It's the Eleanor Roosevelt musical in the beginning. It bombs. And it just can be Meryl being told by Nicole Kidman and Andrew Rannells, like, there's this girl that, that is not allowed to go to the prom because she's gay. And it can be all on Meryl, like, I have to go get this narrative. You don't need both characters, right. really. I mean, look, I, I think that what it really shows is, I hate saying this, it's narcissism. that he that it, it's, it, He's obviously someone who thinks he could have gotten away with this and is only now realizing like that it was messed up (laughs) the way he performed the role. And I also think it doesn't just go for him. It also goes for, you know, I hate to be a gay man saying this publicly, but Ryan Murphy needs to sort of like take a step back and be like, you know, just because they're celebrities doesn't mean, doesn't mean something like it. Like I think that Ryan Murphy could, and he's done amazing for gay representation. Like, Right. Across all of his projects, like we know so many names we may, maybe wouldn't know because he's lifted people up. But this is a huge movie. A lot of people are going to see it. Tons of people are going to watch this on Netflix. It'll be huge. And I don't think everyone's going to clock this James Corden caricature as being neg- a negative portrayal. And I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of straight people will watch it and be like, oh, he was fun. You know, he was, it was cute. It was fun or whatever. And, I think a lot of it will go over a lot of people's heads, the sort of offensiveness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys tell me, you guys do game show. Um, tell me what's going on with that. Cause you guys were picked up. It was a Quibi show. You guys were picked up for season two, right? So did oh, you yeah. start filming the season two before the Quibi stuff? Girl. Mm, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, we had uh, been in negotiations for season two over the summer it was very touch and go with Quibi. We were hearing about when we were going to start. Once we finally got back to them, it was uh, kind of a waiting game. We had uh, plans to start our writer's room, I think, in no, October. Baby, we, had a, we had a green light. We, we were going. And, I, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it was just like truly the week before we were going to start. They were like, oh, hold on. Wait, <laughs> this might actually be going down. And then Quibi went down. But the, the, the hope is that now we can actually try to go out there and sell it as a half hour show, which was always meant to be because it started as a 90 minute live show. Like Dave and I just like having the most fun. Uh, It's just live. It's It's such a great way to get everyone together and like have fun on stage. We take two straight comedians and, uh, or non-comedians, just two straight guys that are amazing and hit them against one another through physical and emotional challenges um, to find out which one of them will be named queen of the straits and crowned honorarily gay as fuck. Yeah. Um, and, and they get a lifeline. A fucking it's fun. 
very goofy show. And, you know, Quibi made us do it at like seven minutes an episode, which was fun. But we're excited because we know we have such a fun show on our hands and we just want to like take it out there. And we you guys started about, going we, to other places. Not yet, just because, you know, yeah, the coronavirus pandemic and um, there was more pressing matters. We didn't have a president uh, a few months ago. It was like <laughs> we were like it was like it's it's been we were like, let's just let 2020 just fully pass the fuck out. Yeah, let's then get out I of discussed here, yeah. that and we figured we would figure out the president situation first and then talk game show. So, so number now, one president and then number two game. Show. Now that we've sort of figured out president. No, no, it's number number one president. Number two is prom for me now. I mean, I have to see this. You, you guys really day, right? you just pitched the hell out of it. <laughs> I want um, I want I would love to see it as a half hour form. I had a project at Quibi that like we finished and I don't know that anyone will ever see it. It's like. Well, you, I mean, I, I've just for kicks, I went on the Quibi app the other day and it's is it just open? a black screen. It's just oh a black God, screen. How sad. Yeah, you, you can't alone. even see it. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what sucks too, is it's like, it's not even like a defunct app and you can still watch the content. It's like, no girl, she's gone. Uh, Matt, also tell me about Hot Dog on HBO Max. The most fun. You just show, came out so. with the Christmas episode, right? Yeah. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Come on. I do my research studies. here on everything iconic. Yeah, hey. you are. You are the one. Okay, so um, Hot Dog is just a blast. And it's a dog grooming competition show that I host. And the judges are Robin Thede, just incredible, uh, who you know from Black Lady Sketch Show and and so much more. Which I she's love Black Game Lady show. Sketch Show. Oh, so she's good. the best. Yeah. She's the best. She's She rocks. We met her when she was, she played a woman who gets it on Game Show, which is like one of the lifelines that the straight person gets. Um, and we fell in love with her. She's on the show as a judge. And also Jess Rona, who's like a dog grooming expert. Her Instagram, like she does like, <laughs> she'll groom dogs and then she'll do a Beyonce fan on them. She kind of became like Insta famous for that. So it's, they're the judges and I'm the host. And it's just the best dog groomers all across the country come. It's like chop. Like they compete every episode for $10,000. So it's a, it's a rotating cast of contestants. And you root for everyone. The dogs are adorable. It's really goofy and not for nothing but gay. And they let you be really funny in it, too. Like, you get to be, you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes the hosty role, like, you know, it's just strictly hosty. And it's like, they let you, you get to be funny. They were like, do whatever you want with this. I was like, okay, you need to understand. Be careful what you wish for, <laughs> because I will, I, I mean, yeah. you're talking to someone who's addicted to amyl nitrate. Like, you know what I mean? Pop it. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm as gay as the day is long. I, I was just like, if you want this. And then they wanted that. So, of course, they cut out. But that's what makes of- the show stand out, though. Like, I feel like that's what makes. And also, it's just a wonderful. It's like a great binge right now in the holidays. Like, you, everyone's looking for something. I don't know about you guys, but I need mindless. Like, I can't. I can't sit and watch a drama. I tried to. What were, my boyfriend and I were trying to watch something the other day. I was like, oh. Don't the, tell te- me you didn't see teacher? The Undoing. Oh, te- baby, I'm caught up on a teacher. I couldn't watch. I, I was like, I just can't watch this. I was like, it's Dave, just have too you much watched Hulu's A Teacher? No, I haven't. I just finished it's A Teacher. Back. The Teacher. Wait, the did te- you like? Uh, did you like Industry? I haven't. I've um, been. Th- Dave likes it I, a lot. I almost got my nut a few times. I'll say that. 100. But is it is it long episodes? Isn't it like 15? They're an hour, episodes? and it, that's and, too long. So you're sitting it's there for almost long. an hour needing to nut. Some of these episodes are so hot and crazy. Like, really? First of all. They show vivid penetrative gay sex. What? Okay. Baby. Oh, oh, maybe that's why I'm hearing people talk about it then. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of industry, but I didn't know why exactly people were talking about it. Dicks are being taken all the way. Okay, this all makes sense now. 
Oh, oh yeah. So, okay, because I'm They're like, why have it. I been seeing it? But I haven't seen anyone say, like, the show's really good. But well, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, they're to... watching it. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? Like, should I watch it? It's hard to it's... focus on the narrative because you you want to nut. That's the mm, only thing. That's mm, that makes it's all sense. It's all about nutting. I mean, when you try to... Who needs to nut? Who needs to nut? Or where to nut? I am everywhere with nut. Describe how much I nut you. Um, anything else you guys want to promo or say before you leave? Um, yeah, I would like to say if you like this podcast, you almost will definitely like my podcast, Last Culture Recess, with I which which I co-host with um, Bowen Yang, and it is very very um, in the in the realm of everything iconic. It, we may even call it sister pods, cousin pods. Yes. yes. Oh, I would be honored if you would accept Last Culture Recess as a sister pod. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I already did mentally. I just didn't vocally say it. Yeah. That was sort of my one to Robin proposal here. Okay. I like that. I liked okay. it. Yeah. Check that out. Dave. More on that when we come back. Oh no, nothing from me. Just a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> it was really nice to meet you, Bobby. This is our first date. And I, I, um, Danny, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I was, I was like, who the fuck's Bobby? <laughs> who the fuck <laughs> is Bobby? <laughs> Bobby. Uh, but yeah. It was great to meet you. This was a blast. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, and please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to support this podcast, go to the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash everything iconic. Uh, we also have tons of everything iconic merch. So everything iconic.store. And I'll leave you guys with who need. Wait, wait. <laughs> I have oh, a terrible where voice. To the okay, opt up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where to start? Matt, you sound so much better than I do. <laughs> Oh gosh, the key. Danny, we'll never well, know. you just winced when I when I about did. So no, you like, sounded <laughs> good. I winced at myself. I heard myself in the headphones. I was like, "You need to stop." No, I actually think it. that the three of us could put together quite a three part harmony if you want to work for. Six we'll hours do like we'll this. do like the Oh Santa. I'll be um, I don't know. I guess I which one would you identify with out of the three? Matt's J Hud. Matt's J Hud. Mariah's like my favorite of all time, but I can't sing okay. like her. But I love her. I'll be Ari as the young. Yeah, I knew baby. you'd want to be Ari, <laughs> stupid. Oh, Santa. Okay, love you guys. Danny, Thank you so Danny, much. you're Mariah. Okay, yeah, bye. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. I mean, I would keep this I episode. It'll be like three hours long, but <laughs> like, unfortunately. Oh, my I love God. You guys. Okay, Thank you so Danny. much for having us. Bye, guys. Stay well. Hopefully, we'll talk soon. What vows did you say? I'm separated, so I want to have fun. You're As separating said, or separated. I'm separated. Okay. Just for a year. I'm going to get back with my man. I don't know who says, like, I'm going to be separated. Like, you can't predict how long you're going to be separated. But I'm you, the first lady. But then if you get back together, there might be an issue. You know? Why? You're because still married. Tell me the definition of a separation. Separation means I need my space to figure out if I still want the marriage or not. But if you want to date other people, just get a divorce. But if you're separated, you're That's separated. Yeah, you're separated, part. but you're still married. But, Okay, guys, we got to talk about the Real Houses of Atlanta. There are a few things I want to mention in terms of Atlanta. First of all, we got to meet Drew, who's the new housewife. Her tagline is, I was in the game, but now I'm calling all the plays. And she was in the show, The Game, of course. And I'll be honest, I've heard some things about Drew. I think Kenya was in interviews saying she's more like Kim Fields. I was expecting her to be boring. But then the whole situation with the husband, Ralph. I mean, what is going on there? What the fuck is happening with that? I was shocked. They were having their anniversary party, and they clearly despise each other. And then this man, who Ralph is very good looking, I'll give him that, and I was prepared to really like him. And even early on in the episode, I was thinking, oh my god, this is troublesome, because I, I like this Ralph guy. 
but she's telling me we have troubles in the marriage, and I don't know, I was sort of siding with Ralph. And then, later in the episode, it's revealed when they're sitting down for their anniversary dinner that he's, like, filming her at the house. He left without telling her. He just kept saying, I went to a beach. I went to a beach. He wouldn't tell her where. He said then he was out of Georgia, and she's like, tell me. Tell me where you were. And he's like, what does that solve? What does that solve? And it's like, it solves the fact that you're being honest and open with the woman that you're married to. What the fuck? And then when the camera situation, you guys, she found a picture of herself sleeping, and the mom was up because the mom lives in the house, the pastor mom. Which, by the way, early in the episode when the mom was at the house with the mask on, it's really stressing me out watching these people with the masks on in this show. I know they're supposed to be wearing them, but I feel like in every scene, the rules are different. And I I don't know, it makes me nervous to see these people, some of them on screen wearing the mask, some of them not. And I'm thinking, what's happening with the crew here? And I know these people are being tested all the time, but I don't know, the mechanics of it really stress me out when I'm watching any of these shows on Bravo. But the mom lives there. And apparently this Ralph man took a photo from one of the security cameras. Meanwhile, Drew doesn't even know where the fuck he is in the world. He's like fucking Carmen San Diego. And he is doing videos of her. He's taking videos and pictures of her while she's sleeping. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, Drew says, let me pull up that picture. And she grabs her phone. And then she says he deleted the photo from her phone. What the fuck? They need to get a divorce. I'm sorry. I hate to call for the big D. Um, I mean, I love to call for the big D when it's in other terms. But when I'm calling for the big divorce, I don't love to do that. But this man, I was not caring for it. She eventually, Drew stormed out of that anniversary dinner. And she was behind the door and we heard her on the microphone. She's like, I'm taking the dress off. I'm done. I'm done. I am done. Yeah, I love when a housewife says they're done. It means they're not really done until next episode. That's what that means. <laughs> I am done. I'm done. I'm done. Jill Zarin always used to say that. I'm done. Uh, but yeah, this man, and meanwhile, he wouldn't even say where he was. And then he eventually said he left Georgia. And then I think he revealed that he was in Tampa. It's like, what the fuck were you doing in Tampa? And was this during the pandemic? You were just traveling to other states without telling your wife? I mean, that's a health risk, too, because he's coming back then and not even telling where he was. I mean, this is very troublesome. They've apparently talk about divorce all the time, which they always say in relationships, you're never supposed to say the, that word, divorce. Like, even when you're in the biggest knack, knockout, drag-on fights, you're not supposed to threaten with divorce, because once you say that word, it's hard to come back from it. Then it almost like puts it out into the universe, into the ether, and then somebody will always call upon that. Uh, and it makes it more likely. And I agree with that. I don't think you should use that word. And the fact that they're just being like in fights, always saying that they should get divorced. I don't know. I don't know. Also, it was weird to me. We met Drew and the husband and the mom at the house. They flash back to footage that said two months ago. Now, I put my detective cap on and I got like Megan King Edmonds. And I thought, what is happening here? Because two months prior to this shooting date, would have been when we were still shooting the last season, I believe. Because they don't really take that much time off. They would have still been either shooting the end of last season or the reunion of last season. So were was this like a casting tape that they had? Was Drew supposed to be introduced at the end of last season and just wasn't? Or was she maybe going to be in the cast and then they weren't sure if they were going to use it? Like, why were they filming her two months prior to this? I don't understand. And then also we met LaToya. Gotta talk about LaToya Ali. She's not a new cast member, but she's a friend of, and she seems very messy in a way that I like. 
And Kenya is really warming up to her. Kenya seems to have like a little girl crush on her. And I think they're setting that up. I think we saw in the preview or the trailer, it's like Kenya's sort of hitting on her a little bit. And let me tell you something. Kenya has more chemistry with Latoya than she ever did with that Mark character. I do not care for Mark. And I would love Kenya to be happy. And it seems like she'd be happy with this Latoya because they seem to really like each other. She is Trinidadian and she's, she's just got an energy that I felt like has been missing from this show for the one episode. I know it's only been one episode, but I need this kind of like a little bit messy energy. And she, even when uh, she was with Drew, they were sort of not going after each other, but they were throwing like little subtle digs, which that's what I like most in Housewife is when we're getting those like very subtle things. Cause they were both talking about being separated and Latoya's like, yeah, I'm hooking up with other people or something like that. And, Drew's like, well, you're still married. And she's like, well, we're separated. And Drew's like, well, that's not what that means. And that was funny. That was funny. But Latoya's really chumming up with Kenya. And in that scene when all the gals were together, Marlo was there. Who I'm loving Marlo. I'm loving Marlo. And there's always this debate of like, should Marlo have a peach? And I think Marlo's just perfect as she is. And I think Marlo seems to be happy. But Marlo pulled aside Latoya and was like, look, you need to not trust Kenya. You can trust her. She said something like, you can trust her with how to pronounce a word, but don't trust her with anything else. And that just was so funny. Marlo gives it to me every time she makes me laugh. Always makes me laugh, that Marlo. Gosh. So funny. Better comedy than anything else. And also then Marlo, they were talking about sugar daddies, and Marlo's like, I've never had one. And then they literally flash back to footage of Marlo being like, a man buys everything for me. They had that in the, they had that footage at the ready. You know, I need to see those computers for the editors. I want to see the editing computers that the Bravo people have. And I want to know, do they just have folders of this footage that they can roll back to at any time? Or do they have to go searching for the footage? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do they pull a file? Because on my phone, for instance, I have a lot of clips that I use over and over again. You know, there's, I have like Kathy Lee Gifford, everyone has a story. Like, that's just in my favorites folder on my phone. So I wonder, do they have just like a folder on the computer of like Marlo? talking about sugar daddies, you know, or Kenya being a bad friend. It's like they always are flashing back to something. Um, It's so funny, but she said she didn't have a sugar daddy. I'm like, what? You sure did tell us you did. Um, But all the women, when they're filming, they're doing a lot of outdoor scenes. And they even showed us on the screen that it was like 93 degrees. And they're always sweating. And this seems like hell. This truly, I'm a sweater too. So this is like my nightmare to always have to be filming outside because they have to do full hair and makeup. Like they look gorgeous, but when you put on all that like camera ready makeup, you sweat even more. Like I I don't do it every day, but I have to put on some camera ready makeup sometimes. Even when I'm doing my Zoom, I'll put a little extra something, something a little foundation, a little rouge, whatever I need, really. Uh <laughs> it's just going to say a heavy lip. I've never worn a heavy lip for one of my Zooms, but maybe I don't know the next time I Zoom, I'm just going to put on a heavy lip, just like <laughs> just like a big bold red lip. You know, I should do that, honestly. Honestly, I might have some fun. What else are we doing in quarantine? I'm going to play with the makeup. That's not the point. The point is that makeup for camera-ready makeup is very heavy. And then to have to film in 93-degree weather, of course they're sweating. And you know they're just miserable. And they don't have much of an option because we're filming in COVID. they got to be outside. There was one moment, though, where Kenya like pulled aside Cynthia to go inside. And she, right when she entered the indoors, she's like, oh, my God, it's so much better in here. Oh, my God. It's like, whoo, that feels good. <laughs> with air conditioning. You know they're just aching to get indoors. Aching to get indoors. Um, also, uh, Latoya, I guess, was originally Candy's friend. 
And Bravo did something really funny where they put on the screen Candy's friend that Kenya stole. Because Kenya said that she stole her. Love that. Love that. We also have this business. The reason that the women met was because Cynthia was doing like a little wine tasting because she's going to get some more black-owned wines at the Bailey um, Wines. What the fuck's the Bailey, Bailey place called? Bailey Wine Cellar? Is that what it's called? She's got the Bailey Agency. Remember she did sunglasses for a minute? What happened to the sunglasses? SOS on Cynthia's sunglasses. Do we still have those? Can you buy them? Are they in stores? And she did backpacks. Didn't she do backpacks? Remember Sheree's son, the hot son, was like modeling the backpacks. What happened to all these businesses, Cynthia Bailey? Are they still around? Maybe people are still purchasing these items. Um, but we got, the, we got a lot of stuff going on from Cynthia Bailey. And I'm not sure I've heard of a lot of it still happening. SOS on Cynthia's businesses. But I'm happy. The wine seller, I'm happy that she's spotlighting black businesses. That's a great thing. And she seems to have learned a little bit more about whining, you know? She, because last season, Kenya called her out and was like, you don't know shit about wine. And now Cynthia seems to have learned a little bit. Um, what else? Oh, there was, speaking of those montages, Bravo did play a montage of Kenya being an asshole to the new girls. Since that she warmed up to Latoya, everyone was like shocked by it. They were like, you never liked the new girl. And then they showed like Kim Fields and they showed all these basically like one season wonders. And they showed Eva too. And I forgot that Eva was on the show. And apparently, Eva was the one who introduced Drew to Cynthia on camera last season at Cynthia's uh, wedding proposal thing. I don't know. Um, I am uh, turning on Cynthia, as you guys know, because of this COVID wedding situation. We're going to get more on that next week. Uh, We have Riley's graduation day. It was funny when Candy picked up Mama Joyce. You know, I love a Mama Joyce appearance. I really, really do. I need more of it. There was a season, maybe last season or the season before, where we we got very little Mama Joyce. And let me tell you something, too much of Mama Joyce is too much of Mama Joyce, but I need just the, it's like Goldilocks, I need just the right amount of Mama Joyce, and I need more than last season, but less than the season prior to that. You know what I'm saying? But she mentioned Cover 19. She's called COVID-19, Cover 19. But they go to Riley's graduation, Candy gave her a big old wad of money. A big old wad of money? My parents didn't give me nothing for my graduation. They threw me a party, and let me tell you something, the party that they threw me I had to go pick up the chairs from the funeral home because that's where we rented them from. Does anyone else do that? We rented the chairs from because the, they're free when you rent them from the funeral home. So my mom threw me a graduation party in the back, backyard. Dan, go pick up the chairs from the funeral home. I had to go to Tabone Funeral Home back in Solon, Ohio, and pick up the free rental chairs for my own graduation party. Meanwhile, Riley's getting a wad of cash for her graduation. I was so jealous of that. She's got the nice car. They're paying for the college. My parents sent me off to the funeral home for my graduation and said, pick up the chairs. That's what happened in my life. Anyway, um, she did graduate. The only two people are allowed at the graduation because of COVID. Oh, Portia's back home. And oh my God, you guys, PJ, little baby PJ. Oh, you guys, my ovaries were, uh, what do you call it? What's that word? They were throbbing. I don't know if that's a gross word. Throbbing's a gross word, isn't it? Throbbing. Um, but anyway, the point is that baby is adorable. That baby is the cutest baby ever. And same, I mean, all the babies on this show, Drew's baby was adorable. You guys, I'm getting baby fever watching this show. I mean, ugh, I couldn't with PJ. And it, it was so nice when they were talking about, uh, Portia was saying, you know, I did all this. I was protesting for Brianna Taylor and I got arrested and I did all that. And I kept thinking about PJ being a grown woman and being able to watch this footage of her mom really making change and and fighting for justice. And I thought, what a beautiful thing that, that a gift, you know, even though Portia's 
away for a lot of PJ's very young babyhood. Is that a word, babyhood? Uh, PJ's going to have this footage, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And Miss Diane's there taking care of business, and Miss Diane's stunning. She is stunning. Uh, and Lauren's there, and it was just sad. It was nice at Portia's home. But it was interesting to me, I was thinking this episode, that I don't even really miss Nini. Nini brought a lot to the show, but I've almost forgotten that this is our first season with Nini without Nini, and I'm surprised. On other franchises, when somebody leaves, usually they make it a thing. Remember when Bethany didn't show up for last season, and they showed all the women finding out the news? Of course, on The Real Houses of Orange County, we flash back to Tamara every episode on that show. But Nini, it's almost like the editors, the cast, like everyone's just acting like she doesn't exist. And I think there was like one point Nini was like trying to work out a contract to maybe come back this season. So perhaps they just still didn't know that Nini wasn't coming back. But it's interesting compared to the other franchises. I mean, truly, Tamara's in every episode of Orange County and she's not getting paid. But it's almost like no one has even mentioned Nini, I don't think once. I don't even think we've gotten a flashback. So you guys, that's the episode of The Real Houses of Atlanta. I think I think we covered the, the main stuff. But uh, I'm excited for next week. It seems like we get another group event. There's a pool party. Someone's throwing someone in the pool. Kenya gets on dating apps. Oh, and Mallory's back to a foil, Cynthia's upcoming wedding, just like she did with Peter. Mallory is the only one who's got some sense, I think. You know, I actually trust Mallory with my life at this point because she's the only one who seems to be talking some sense into her sister, uh, Cynthia. What did I just stuttered? Cynthia. Studio. Um, so, yeah, I trust Mallory with my life and I only want the best for her. Anyway, you guys, I love you so much for listening. Uh, let's do our little cool down again. Check out my holiday podcast, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. We're doing holiday recaps, and the next two episodes are our last two episodes, but we have two, three very exciting guests, as well as some recaps of some fun movies. So, check that out wherever you get your podcast. Buy the merch. The Christmas wine glasses, I think, are sold out completely. We do have a couple of the Christmas t-shirts. They're adorable. They say, have a very merry, iconic Christmas. Go pick up the t-shirts, because Matt did a a great job designing them, and he put a lot of work into them, So, uh, if you're interested. Anyway, I love you guys so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you guys so much for listening. Stay safe. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 